0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Before we get started with today's episode of Bench with Bubba, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Draft. If you love fantasy baseball, then you need to try our new favorite app called Draft. It's daily fantasy baseball, but not like the other guys. On draft, you play live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season long league. Drafts last just for one night. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. Trust me, I love playing drafts. I play golf, I play NFL, basketball. You can play them um, three, uh, you can play head to head, three man, six man. There's there's running leagues. You win one night, it keeps going for four, five, six nights. You can play a dream team. There's all kinds of great ways to play draft. And you can join me today. Just search draft in your app store or play right from your computer on draft.com. And when you enter promo code SD Sports. You got to enter the promo code SD Sports. You get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code SD Sports. That's right. Playing a real money game for free just for using the promo code SD Sports when you make your first deposit. Just again, search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and enter the promo code SD Sports. Now to this week's edition of Best with Bubba. another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 90, talking some fantasy baseball with a member of Razzball. And more more importantly, where you may know him a little more from, the Lenny Melnick Fantasy Sports Network has a special podcast called Ditka Sausage and Fantasy Sports Podcast. You might know him on Twitter at Ditka Sausage Pod. Brandon Myers. Brandon, how we doing, man? I'm doing great this evening. How about yourself? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, A slower Thursday of baseball. So, a good time to talk about it and get ready for the weekend. Um,
2: yeah, especially with all the football talk taking over. I mean, I'm happy to watch the draft, and I, I play fantasy football. We cover football on the show, but it's uh, it's crazy that football's already taken over.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I'm with you there because it's a funny topic, like you mentioned. I'm all for watching the draft. I love playing fantasy football, uh, talking football. Baseball's my passion, but you-, you saw the quote-unquote baseball Twitter the last like two days have like gone in an uproar of I need to mute this word and, you know, F the draft. And if you leave, like, it's like, come on guys, we know what runs the world, unfortunately. So just embrace it. It's a lot easier.
2: Yeah. I just saw a poll up on Twitter. It was, uh, it was something about, uh, you know, Yahoo and, and actually ESPN did the same thing. Baseball came up, went down and came up like a month before the season. They just did the the football refresh and it's already up and running, activated a couple of leagues today, it's it's crazy what the the difference is between them, but yeah, we know where the money goes.
1: Yeah, it's where it goes. But uh, we'll talk baseball. And hey, maybe I'll have you back on for some football later in the year as we get closer to that that cha cha. Uh, based on your name, uh, Bears fan. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Bears fan. Right. Cubs fan. Bears fan. Well, at least you got one thing going for you. That's good. Um, who, before we get into baseball, who are you hoping the Bears get in the uh, what the eighth pick, seventh pick? You know, I, I'm not
2: exactly sure. I haven't been following the, uh, the, the draft a lot because it never plays out how, how, you know, everybody mocks it out and everything. Um, I mean, ideally we'd probably get Quentin Nelson, the, the guard from Notre Dame, but it, I don't think he's getting to us. So probably looking at, uh, I don't know, uh, Derwin James from Florida state. I'm, I'm a Knowles fan. It's very yeah. random. It's, it's. I, I, it's
1: explanation, but <laughs> I'm a Dolphins fan. It's okay. It's random.
2: And then uh, I guess Raquan Smith is the one I see that we end up with a lot because we do have an aging linebacking core, so we need to need to bolster that with some youth.
1: Good thing about an early first round pick is there's a lot of good options to go through. So hopefully it doesn't get uh, too messy because I have no idea what the Dolphins are doing at eleven. So <laughs> they, they they have way too many m- mistakes made this off season already. So it'll be a fun fun couple days. days um, let's talk baseball and we'll start it off with the the name the talk of the town whatever you want to say and he even goes deep on like an absolute missile today Ronald Acuna you know everyone was crying he wasn't up soon enough and then he had, he had the other one side of the equation of oh I told you he wouldn't be up blah, blah 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 and then the other one's like well this is bull like get him up here well it took him about 11 innings and he launches one. So what do you got on Ronald Acuna? Kind of what are you looking for out of him the rest of the season?
2: Yeah, and it was a bomb today. I mean, it was a just a hanging, like, 89-mile-an-hour meatball from Homer Bailey, but he crushed it. I think uh, StatCast added 105.8. So just a man right now. I mean, he's he's going to be a great player. I'm not sure that he's going to quite reach, you know, amazing numbers this year. I'm thinking something like 15 to 20 home runs, you know, Atlanta's ballpark has been playing up as a, as a home run friendly park, mainly for lefties, but it's also been pretty friendly to righties. So I could see him getting, getting up to the 20 home run and uh, the speed, the speed is nice. I mean, he registered a 30.3 feet per second yesterday. going first to third. I mean, second behind only Buxton, just, just flying around the bases. So, I think he has the speed to steal your 30 bases. I don't know if they're going to let him because we've seen it with Albies. He hasn't been able to run free yet. And uh, Acuna got caught a lot more last year than Albies did. So I'm not sure that he's going to get the green light to get you 30, but I think that's
1: in the in the bag of tricks. Yeah, no, you know, obviously this year is going to be kind of a, we'll see what we get down the road. It's an obvious, yes, he's going to be amazing barring a setback, but I, I could definitely see that, you know, around the 20-ish homer range. If they let him loose, that's a great point you make with Albies. Is has speed, a lot of speed, and they don't let him run at all? Maybe because he's in front of Freeman, and you see how well Freeman's hitting. Who knows what the process is there in Atlanta? It's always changing. But um, if you had to, the rest of the year, would you rather have Ronald Acuna or Ozzy Albie's? I'll
2: probably take Acuna. I just think, uh, you know, I think there's some average decline coming from Albie's. I think he's going to struggle a little bit more. Acuna's swing is just so smooth, It and I I couldn't really fault anybody for going either way. I didn't really think we'd see this power from Albies that we have, so really we're just missing the running. Um, I think maybe hitting behind Freeman, they'll let Acuna run. I, I, that seems completely contrary because usually the four-hole hitter doesn't run, but hitting in front of Freeman, why would you ever take that? that potential run off the off the board um i'll take akuna it, it's it's really close though because i think we've already kind of moved albies into the top 60 at least and top 40 or 30 for some people
1: so um it's a it's a very good question what what are you thinking i'm torn because i was big on albies coming into the year obviously i did not expect this i i, I expected to be really really good and I didn't get him as many places that I like because where I had him and then the the helium started coming on everywhere you looked. And I think I go Albies just because I've seen more of it. But, you know, I wouldn't be shocked come September if I'm just kicking myself in the ass because you saw Acuna just go crazy. Like what we saw today from Acuna, you had what an RBI double, a bomb. We've seen his speed. If, If he runs at all, this kid could just. He might even get 2020 20 this year alone, is how crazy it is. And he's just getting his feet wet. Albies can do that, but I'm talking like this point on. Yeah. I think I'll go Albies just because shortstops are such a different position, but it's it's tough. I mean, second base. It's it's tough, though. It's really, really tough. Um, yeah, that's a heck of a one because I saw like Derek Van Riper uh, he posted a, a poll. Well, it wasn't really a poll, just a question because Albies was going, what, say, Fourth roundish.
2: Yeah, I'd say four to six, depending on just yeah,
1: season, whatever. His poll is: if you knew what you were getting from him now, where would you take him in the, in the draft?
2: I'm thinking like mid to back end of the third or fourth, top of the fourth round is where you're looking.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what, it's kind of what I was thinking. Like I wouldn't move him too much because by the end of the draft season, it felt like he was already pushed up there pretty far. But um, we could thank Paul Sport for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Tim McLeod
2: also. He was he was pushing everybody at, at prospect three sixty one that way as well.
1: Yeah, no. Hey, and when you see a guy like that, you gotta do it. So uh, very good call by those gentlemen there. Let's talk about some more prospects. We had a ton get calls lately and I don't even have them all listed here. I I forgot guys like Gliber Torres and everything, but let's kick it off with Walker Bueller. Came out through five shit out innings over uh, Monday. And he should th- he should throw again this weekend as part of the doubleheader in San Francisco. But it's kind of one of those he looks like he might get yo-yoed most of the year to kind of conserve what they have as like their sixth starter. What do you expect them from Walker Bueller the rest of the year?
2: I think you're dead on with the the workload. I think he's just gonna kind of get bounced up and down between triple A and in the majors just because that's what the Dodgers do. They manipulate the 10-day DL. They have a bunch of you know guys that have injury problems in their history. We're not even really sure if Rich Hill was actually hurt or if they just sat him down for a little bit. But Bueller himself is – I mean, I'm, I'm really hyped about the kid. He has three-plus pitches. I mean, the 97-mile-an-hour fastball. He also throws a sinker that you know hits 96. Uh, he's got the slider and curve. He's working on the change-up. I'm not sure that that pitch is really there yet, but if he can get a change-up to add into all that, that's just going to be disgusting. He still doesn't always know where it's going, so I can see a lot of five-inning outings for him as they kind of control the innings and the and the pitches he throws. But, you know, you're probably looking at like 125 to 140 innings total. Maybe they leave him or put him in the bullpen at the end of the season. Um, I'm kind of struggling with this myself because I have him in the TGFBI, and uh, I was kind of hoping that somebody in that rotation would go down – you know, a little longer, and he'd get a he'd get a little bit of a leash and at least get some early season production. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold on to him, but I think he's he's got all the tools to be, you know, a, a, I'd say a number three for you if he got 140 innings this year.
1: Yeah, and the innings is a big concern of mine because he had like 80 to 90 innings last year. They're going to baby his, his workload based on, you know, <laughs> They don't have the best track record with uh, starters. You know, Jose DeLeon now at the Rays, obviously. But Jose Urias, who had that whole massive shoulder deal. Um, and everybody's different, but they don't have the greatest history. And Bueller's already had one Tommy John surgery. So I think they're going to baby him along. What I want them to do, and Mo on my other baseball podcast, he, he brought up a good point. I want them to make Bueller like their Davinsky because he has at least the two-pitch repertoire it could be a filthy like bullpen type arm. But, um, he says they need to keep him, you know, stretched out because he is their sixth starter when they, you know, guys fall out last year. They had like eight or nine guys that could pitch. They don't have that luxury this year. So we have to watch out for that. And that concerns me, but you made have f- a great point with the TGFBI. I drafted Walker Bueller and I've already had to cut him because I could not hold on to just the what if, and I'm already kicking myself for that one, but I had no choice. I needed to fill roster spots and, um, I, I feel your pain because he got swooped up immediately on the next fab bidding process by, um, who was it? I think it was Mike the Rotocop. Grabbed him right away. So not not cool at all.
2: <laughs> I think if you get like
1: a week out there when he's not called up, maybe get to,
2: to play with your roster a little bit, see if you can get him back on your team. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. I, I had to cut CJ Crone last week. Oh, uh, no. I really didn't want to because he's he's bashing right now. But I have a backlog at corner, and I'm waiting for Will Myers to get his outfield eligibility. So I'm hoping Myers gets that soon, but then Hosmer's hurt, so now Myers isn't playing the outfield this week. So it might I might have to watch C.J. Crone go somewhere else.
1: Oh, yeah, I know. And I was going to kind of bring that up in the trade part, but I'll ask it now. It's such a weird thing, especially in a 15-team league like that league that we're playing in. You have to really just have no – I don't think personal affiliation is the right word, but you can't have any, like, you can't really be, can't do the right word, you can't be attracted to your players if that's the wrong word, but you can't be, like, connected to them at all because you have to be able to, to drop them at a moment's notice. And that's the hardest part there because every fab process, there's, like, a name of, there's, like, 10 names you want to pit bid on, and there's, like, no one on your team you want to drop.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I'm in the same boat. You know, like, the first week, was terrible because I had like four guys go on the DL. I drafted two and then I had two guys just hit the DL that I wasn't expecting. So I had to wait for that to happen. So I have like the bare bones crew out there. I didn't even get a starting lineup out there the first week, like a full starting lineup. And then I've had injuries every single week. So I haven't had like an actual full lineup. I'm still trying to recover from that. And then on top of that, you got to cut guys that are hurt just so you can make room for, you know, like the, you said, the plate appearances and just
1: just getting warm bodies out there sometimes. Yeah, in a in a league that deep, you just need the the innings. You need certain factors that you know you don't want the completely garbage ones that kill you, but you need something. It's just it's crazy because I a, a different league, a thirteen team where two catchers. I have Austin Barnes. who's not even playing every day, and I'm I don't want to cut him. I really don't. But I'm getting to the point. Where I need at bats badly. At least his at bats are good when he's in there, but it's difficult. Really
2: yeah, second catcher is at least one of those positions where yeah, there's Real so bit. few that actually are are positive. You know, if you have one that plays to you know occasionally and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't hurt you, it, it's not terrible. But I know what you mean because you're still missing out on just like runs and
1: RBI that a catcher that plays every day would get you. No doubt. Uh, let's talk, Lourdes Gurriel, the other Gurriel. Uh, who his brother Yuli says is the better Gurriel, and we've seen this kid play really well in the minors. Uh, he's off to a okay start, hitting two sixty seven in his first four games. Nothing, you know, power wise, got a stolen base, but we, we've seen him play really well in the minors. He's tearing up Double A. It's kind of weird that he's the one that got brought up, not Vladdy, not Bichette, but Lourdes. But he's a little older, so I guess that works. What do you expect him from Lourdes this year? Because you know, it seems like he might, I don't, I don't even know if he's going to be a full-time guy. What do you think
2: out of him? I'm leaving him out there. And in, in most leagues, he, he seems like he's going to be primarily hit tool, which is great for, you know, a prospect because you can kind of figure out the power eventually. But as a fantasy producer, he's probably going to be hitting low in the order. He's going to be a part-time player. Like you said, although that middle infield has been just hideous Australian. this year. Um, you know Devin Travis, who we always said, oh, if he just stayed healthy, he'd be a good player. Nah, no, it, it's not been it's not been like that this year. So he might get a little more playing time, but like I said, I think it's primarily a hit Tool. He's he's got some room to grow into his body. He's he's 24, so he's on the older side for you know a prospect. But he also has a an actual contract in place, which is probably why he got the call rather than a a Bichette or a Vlad, because he, his money's already locked up. They're already. They're already paying him what they're going to pay him. That's
1: a very good point there. I didn't even didn't even think about that one. That's a that makes a ton of sense there. You, you'd expect, you know, Vladdy the way he's just torching the earth right now, and and even Bichette is playing great. You'd imagine if Donaldson still stays banged up, they might bring, bring Vlad out up to play third eventually. And like you said, the infield's a mess. You got Aladimus Diaz playing short. Tulo, I just don't even think he's coming back. Devin Travis, you mentioned him, so you can have almost a Lourdes Bichette. Vlad infield by season's end. And that'd be, as a, as a baseball fan, that that's very, very exciting to me. <laughs> I might have to take
2: like a hiatus from work and just move to uh, Toronto for the last month of the season or something and just watch that happen.
1: That would be amazing. Um, <laughs> let's talk David Dahl. This is a guy that people have been wanting to see up in the bigs forever. And then last year he gets hurt and really never comes back. Had a couple setbacks early in spring, but, but then started getting it going. People thought he should make the roster. They go inside Carlos Gonzalez for God knows what reason. They must have been drinking the Mets' on juice. And um, now Cargo's hurt and Dolls up and Dolls back in cleanup, which makes me laugh. If he's that good to back cleanup immediately, why is he not playing every day? But um, what do you think of Doll? Because I'm scared they're going to send him right back down when Cargo comes back.
2: Yeah, the Mountain Mets are just impossible to predict out there. That is
1: amazing. That needs to be a T-shirt. That <laughs> is fucking amazing. <laughs> oh man, that is great. Uh, yeah, the Desmond signing, the Cargo
2: signing. You're like, okay, so you just want to block every young, talented player you have. That that's cool. Yeah. But you're right; he's probably getting sent back down. But he's he's a really good ball player. I mean, he can do everything. He can run. He can hit. He's a better outfielder than probably anybody they have out there. Um, you know, I, I think that, honestly, the the stat line that you would probably be looking at for Dahl may not be dissimilar from Ronald Acuna for this year. I'm not saying long-term because Acuna is going to grow into just a beast of a player, but for this season, if they you know both got full at-bats, I think you could see kind of a similar – line especially with doll playing half his games in cores
1: oh no doubt about it yeah not long term by any means but heck even long term you can see doll if he's playing in cores being a 30 homer 20 steel guy like he's that good that athletic in the middle of an order like that especially an order that's now going to have blackman for years to come which will be big and maybe they can find a way to keep arenado but i think by signing blackman that kind of just said no we're not going to be able to afford Nolan," so he's going to be on his way but uh, I, I like that doll comp to Acuna, and you can get them a lot cheaper on the Fabs, given Acuna was probably drafted in everywhere you were, so you don't have to worry about that. If, if you had to, per se, you know, Fabs coming up and Dahl's out there still, even though he got swooped up in most big leagues last week, if you had to go bid on him, kind of what rough percentage would you go on David Dahl?
2: It probably depends on needs. If, if you're looking for that, that outfield, you know, impact bat, I'd probably spend you know thirty percent, thirty five percent of my of my fab budget if I'm just kind of speculating and seeing if I can grab him through the you know free agency, maybe like fifteen to twenty.
1: Yeah, no, I, I you're dead on with that one. I, I think he's worth a definite you know pretty aggressive bid for the most part because one thing is cargo. They didn't pay him a ton. They paid him more than he should have. Period. But you know he's going to get hurt again probably for starters. And second, eventually they're going to have to be like, you know what, sorry, not sorry, you got to go. It's just eventually it's going to come to that. Like I heard on another, I think it was Effectively Wild podcast today, they're talking about the Ichiro signing in, in Seattle, which is just looking horrific now. It was fun, you know, bring the guy back for a week, and now it's like, how do we get rid of him? <laughs> Cargo might be in that same situation here pretty soon. Everyone's like, oh, they brought the you know, the Rockies veteran back. Yeah, no, you got to get the heck out of town. It's, it's almost over, buddy. Or maybe they can trade him to some team that needs a left-handed DH. Who knows?
2: Yeah, just pay the contract and send him to Tampa Bay or something. Tampa will play anybody that's free. Oh, they'll just want a warm body. Yeah, <laughs>
1: he, he, they'll give him the crutches because he, he can basically – there's a retirement community probably right there for him to stay in, so it would be perfect. <laughs> and it'll work out just great. That's a
2: match made in heaven.
1: Yeah, he he, he, he is a Tampa Bay Ray. He, he should be finishing – his career there. He'd probably go place next to Tino Martinez the way he did. Yeah, um, just get
2: a, get a cheap, you know, RP back for, for the Rockies that they can screw up in, in Colorado. it be great.
1: Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's get a picture because he's never going to be nearly as good as he could be there. <laughs> oh, yes. I love it. the Mountain Mets. That needs to be a T-shirt. That is outstanding. Um, let's talk Jack Flaherty. This is a guy I was really, really high on. I actually drafted him late in leagues. Dominates his first start out. Then he gets sent down. He's dominating in the minors. I think he's better than Luke Weaver. Some may disagree. He's getting a start this weekend because Wayno's on the DL. Hopefully, Wayno just stays on the DL, but who knows how that works. Another old guy just wasting the good roster spot. What are you thinking with Jack Flaherty this year? How are they going to use him? I'm with you, actually,
2: on the Flaherty better than Weaver. Uh, I think uh, long-term, they they may end up being kind of similar guys, but – this year, I think Weaver Weaver doesn't look right. Um, he's he's not really been able to find the plate, and then he gets behind and counts and just gets lit up. Um, but, yeah, I like Flaherty. He's got the, the mid-'90s fastball. Um, the changeup is – I mean, anybody that has a good changeup, I'm a bit of a sucker for just because there's so many people coming through the minors that can't develop a changeup. And so you already get a guy who's got a mid-'90s fastball and a good changeup and the slider is, is definitely nothing to to sniff at. So I think Flaherty eventually gets a spot in that rotation. He has a little bit more innings in his history than, you know, like uh, Walker Beeler does that we talked about earlier. So he could probably get up to 160, 170 innings this, this year. And I really do think it's probably just a matter of them sitting wayno down at some point just explaining that he's, you know, him being in the pen is is better for the team and they can't, really trot him out there i'm not sure how that'll sit with him or the st louis faithful because i mean i was i was reading something the other day on from one of the the red or the cardinals beat writers or whatever and the the fans are still saying wayno deserves to be in the rotation oh, yeah. i'm like have you watched the last two seasons do you understand that his, it's just gone for him like i understand he's he's been your guy for a long time it's hard to watch that happen but you know, even Greg
1: Maddox had to bow out at some point. Yeah, the card, the Cardinals cult is a real thing. They uh, they drink the Kool Aid <laughs> and they 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 do the chants. They all believe in Adam Wainwright, and yes, he 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 helped you win some titles and whatnot. I get it, but he has a Giants fan. They had to have that conversation with Tim Lincecum. They sent him to the pen. They sent Matt Kane to the pen. These are guys that were to Giants fans similar to what Wainwright was. And it was one of those, like, I'm sitting here going, get him off the mound. Like, get him out of here. I had no allegiance to say keep him out there. So I, I've seen the talk you're talking about with the, the Cardinals people. And it's like, hey, guys, you need to just put, put it down. You'll take, them, take some fresh air and then realize he's not that good anymore. Yeah. Do you want to win or do you want to be loyal? I understand
2: exactly. loyalty. I, I appreciate it. But I, I prefer to win when that's the options.
1: Yeah, especially when you have an offense like they're going to have out there. You need – some guys that aren't giving up seven runs a night to, to ruin a six-run outing. Yeah, so.
2: and four and a third inning.
1: Yeah, exactly, and then we're out your bullpen of young arms. It'd be good things. Um, Like, I didn't mention Gliber Torres. you have anything quick on Gliber? He's, you know, him and Andahar. Andahar is crushing the baseball now, and, you know, Torres just came out to bat in an eight and nine in the lineup today. You got anything quick on those
2: guys? Uh, I thought it was going to be a hot take, but then I've heard it everywhere that I think Andujar is going to be better for fantasy this season. Oh, yeah. uh, Gliber, long term is going to be a very steady bat there, but uh, you know, it's there's not a lot of of power yet in the bat. Um, it's in Yankee Stadium, so there's always potential for more. But uh, you know, I really do think Andujar, if he gets playing time, that could is probably the better producer for fantasy this season.
1: Yep, I completely agree with you, and I, I think one thing. Uh, Aaron Boone might want to think about just to get Torres, you know, comfortable playing in the bigs. Is maybe batting like second or something in front of those big boys. Let him get some good pitches instead of hitting him ninth with Brett Gardner protecting him. <laughs> so just be an idea, but hey, I just play a manager from my computer chair. Uh, let's talk about Luis Gohara. We saw him last year, and it was kind of an up and down road with Gohara. Hard throwing, hefty lefty. Um, you liked what you saw from him. He got banged up this spring. He's rehabbing and should be returning shortly. Is this a guy you're buying into this year? He last year, through he went from single A all the way to the bigs last year. So he climbed the ranks 60, 70. He had about 150 innings, too. So innings should not be an issue. What are you thinking about him?
2: So I was initially off of Gohara a little bit he's he's still trying to find the plate a little bit it's it's gets wild and there's you know some efficiency problems that come with that uh but when the injury happened it, it kind of pushed down his draft stock again you can get him for free now and you can also stash him on the DL rather than using up a roster spot and anybody that I can do that with that has the kind of upside Gohara has I'm perfectly fine picking up. I picked him up in a few leagues last year when Fab or last last week uh, when Fab ran and stuck him on the DL. I mean, the stuff is nasty. There's no doubting that. I think eventually the upside is kind of like a Robbie Ray. I don't expect him to be that this year, even next year. But you know, play him in the right matchups and get you some high K's. Probably not a guy for quality start leagues, but you know, like I said, the the upside is is massive.
1: Yeah, no, the, it's a match of like his waistline. It would be really, really good to see. Um, another big time prospect coming up in the Braves system is Mike Soroka, who is lighting it up in AAA. Are you stashing him yet, or are you still kind of waiting a little bit?
2: In like the TGFBI, it's probably not going to happen for me because I'm already I already have Bueller. So if you're already committed to one or two stash guys, I don't think Soroka's you know, the guy that I'm, I'm putting there, but if you have a larger bench or it's a keeper dynasty, well, keeper and dynasty, he's probably already owned, but I think there is, you know, something there. If you have the room for him, the guy can pitch. Um, He's, he's much better, um, you know, straight pitcher than Gohara or, or Newcomb. Who's already up in the majors, not quite the, the elite stuff that they have but that hasn't stopped him from from racking up the Ks this season. I think ultimately he's kind of like a 20%, 23% K guy, um, good ERA and whip. So, I mean, I, I think long-term you're looking at a really nice pitcher, but not quite the upside that I'm looking for as a, a stash guy and if your bench spots are, are precious to you.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm always having a hard time stashing guys like that because eventually you need that roster spot. We already talked about really drop. Guys like Walker Bueller who actually have an impact right now, so it's, it's tough to definitely pull off. Um, let's talk about a couple guys that have gone to the DL here recently. Eric Thames messed up his thumb, ligament damage in his thumb. He's going to be out basically six to eight weeks. That's not good. Uh, Jesus Aguilar been swinging it pretty well, usually playing just against lefties. You know, it should open up some time for Domingo Santana now. What's your take on the Thames injury and, and uh, the players it affects?
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate because I was, you know, we kind of wanted to see if Eric Thames could continue it this year. Obviously had the the red hot start to last year. And this year was completely devalued in leagues. Um, got a little bit of love at OBP, but really in, in kind of straight Roto, he was, he was pushed down very far. Um, but I like Jesus Aguilar a little bit. I don't know that he's interesting beyond like a 15 or sh- shallower than a 15-teamer just because – the playing time still may be a little bit inconsistent. I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do if they're going to force Braun to play some first base. I know he didn't really like that idea and didn't look good over there. Um, I was hoping maybe this would prompt uh, Keon Broxton play somehow, but uh, it doesn't look like that's going to happen either. So I think right now it's Aguilar. If you're looking for kind of a first base pin, corner infield utility type, that, I mean he's going to hit. He should hit in the middle of that order somewhere. So. Uh, again it's a playing time so like 15 teams beyond but i don't think he's like a special player yeah that's how i
1: i, I love him in a daily moves league when he's facing all lefty but having to lock him in all week some of those days might hurt quite a bit so that, that's uh, something to think about there uh adrian beltray he's fun to watch he's old and he hurt his hip um or hamstring but you know he's old so it could have been his hip we just don't know uh he's going to be out for a while it looked really bad I was watching it live and he couldn't even barely get to first base and a shot to the gap so he's out for a while and you know Joey Gallo's already moved from first to the outfield and now they're saying he can move to third base to open up a spot for Chu to go to the outfield full-time and have Willie Calhoun DH is that something you you've heard as well or are you taking a different approach to figuring Beltre's problems out?
2: I think that's something they'll do eventually. I don't know that they have any incentive to call up Willie Calhoun because they've looked terrible this season. I well, think- real quick,
1: real quick, I did hear it's like May 3rd or 4th is his date before, so they gain an extra year by then, too.
2: Okay, because he already had a little bit of service time.
1: So, yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, I guess I could see that happening. It looks like for now it's going to be, like you said, Gallo maybe playing some third, Chu playing some outfield, uh, Ian Kiner. Falefa, who's not even on Fangraphs, by the way. That's how, how
1: little he's thought of. Uh, and, he's, and, he's, and dude, he's hitting almost 300. He is. I, he's actually- I was shocked. <laughs> I, I was like, who is this guy? And like the first day, I was like, okay, he's hitting a buck 80. And then when the game was on that I was watching, they showed his line. He was like, one for three, hitting 289. I was like, what the hell is going on here?
2: Yep. And they called up, can't hit righties, Ryan Rua. Um, <laughs> so
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> I think uh, I think Willie's coming at some point. It, it's just going to be up to service time. So if it's May 3rd, I could see it somewhere around there. It seems like some of the teams are taking like a, oh, but if we wait like another week, it doesn't look suspicious uh, no. approach. So maybe it'll be, you know, within that week. But if that's the timetable, I mean, the bat's ready. If he's just going to DH, he's fine. Um, and well, that- the just don't have anything to play for, so they might as well exactly. get him out there.
1: Exactly, and that's why I said since day one, it has nothing to do with his bat. It's all about learning how to play defense. That's why they sent him down. The Rangers usually don't care about time. They they started Mazar up there on opening day last year, and he didn't have service time thing, so they lost years on him. If, if you can play, the Rangers usually will play you. But now, unlike Soroka, if Calhoun's available, this is a guy I'm seeing as a stash, maybe up to 20% of your fab, or even going higher than that? No, I think twenty percent is right.
2: Just because, again, we're not exactly sure what the date is when he's coming up. Um, even if it's May third, you're still going to wait, you know, two weeks before you can get him into your your lineup realistically. Um, but you're right; it's an impact bat. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. There's you know thirty home run potential in there, and you know he's hit for average through the minors. It, there is some concern whether that'll carry over into the majors. The, the swing. Tends to get a little long from what I've seen, but you know the, the power is definitely definitely present.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, before we talk about some kind of low owned players to target in the upcoming weeks, or maybe just say nope, this is a fluke. Let's talk about something a little different here. You know, we're getting to almost, we're about a month into the season, almost give or take. And you know, the waiver wires, especially in fifteen team leagues, they you know you're picking at straws right now, praying that somebody hits. That's that's why I talk about these random guys at the end of every pod. That maybe you go and take a chance just for a week or two, see how it works. So you got to trade, and trading is not always the easiest thing to do by any means. Because a you might have an asshole on the other end of it, or b you might be the guy that just likes to lowball people and piss everybody off. Um, what's your approach on you know offering trades and doing the whole trade back and forth thing uh, in your leagues?
2: yeah i think the first part is you you already hit on it, is don't be a dick you know yeah. don't don't tell somebody that oh my players are awesome and yours are terrible so you should trade me your players and, and you know this is why my players are awesome i'm just trying to help <laughs> you out like don't don't disrespect somebody's intelligence you know we're all playing the game we're, we're all on the level playing field here and when you offer your trades like you said don't offer terrible trades don't be that guy um and if you if you think you might be coming in low at least explain your thought process when you're making that trade so if you if you know you're coming in a little bit low and you just want to start somewhere just say you know i'm interested in these two players you know just wanted to see if you're willing to move them what are you looking for i sent you these two cuz it looks like you need a, a you know a high k pitcher and a, an outfielder if that's not what you're looking for you know i'm willing to talk and uh, I think it's important to go beyond just the trade offers back and forth because that just gets tedious for everybody. You come over to the top, they come back, and you just go back and forth. So if you can get into a uh, you know a text or an email or a GChat or whatever it is, that that can help move things along a lot quicker.
1: Yeah, you can do the I like think message boards now. You don't have to do a whole league. You can do individual with texting. G chat, you name it. There's a million things you can do to make us go on Twitter and DM each other. There's like so many ways to make this civil and better communication. Um, I'm never a fan of just ignoring the person, but you know, sometimes if you insult me with such a low ball offer, I will just ignore you. Like I'm not even going to just acknowledge your existence at that time, <laughs> but you kind of have to know. And, and, and this is why one of the reasons I want to bring up a follower uh, sent me a question the other day about trading his league. And, you need to realize that looking at a trade, it might not look fair, but you need to look at team needs. Like if I need steals and you need powers, well, I might give you a guy that some people go, well, that's not fair for that guy. But, hey, you know, Trey Turner might not get you a lot, but he might get you 50 steals the rest of the year, which will separate you from so many people. So that that's one thing is I like to address team needs. Like, hey, if you want to start a conversation about trade – I'm looking for, you know, these categories. Can you help me and I'll help you with something you need maybe? I think that's a way to maybe start a conversation. But, uh, yeah, the people that send me over-the-top stuff, not, not a fan of them at all. Not at all. Um, let, me, let me show you this offer that he, he sent me. It was uh, not me, but he asked me about. So it was Corey Seager and J.D. Martinez for Trey Turner and Gregory Polanco. Do you think that's out of line? All right. Core Seager, JD Mart for GP and who? Trey Turner.
2: I don't think it's out of line. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I don't generally think most trades are out of line. Again, you'd have to know what the teams are. Uh, I certainly like this this Seager JD Mart side a lot more, but you know, I, I wouldn't veto it. I'm not a veto trade guy. Um, again, it's it's about filling needs. If you needed stolen bases, you have power galore. You have you know. Drafted Stanton Judge in the at the turn or some something like that. Yeah. I, I have no problem moving on from JD Martinez if if you needed the the Trey Turner and that's really what uh, was important for you. I mean, and he's a guy who was wanted. going
1: like three or four overall in a lot of drafts too. Exactly, exactly, and that's why I wanted to have this discussion right now is because just to let some you know maybe newer players know or someone there's a lot more to just the names on these trades. Like you need to really look at it, see where it's at on that whole deal. And, and you made another good point. I hate leagues that allow you to vote on a trade. That is the worst thing I've ever heard of. If a trade happens, two people agreed upon it, it might suck. Don't play in the league next year. That's fine. But, you know, that's just the way it works in my opinion.
2: Totally with you. There should be no no voting on trades. If you actually have to have a review, have like a, a two- or three-person committee that just says thumbs up, thumbs down, and, and keep it moving.
1: Exactly. 100% on board with you there. This will be a topic I'm going to visit a few times with some other guests just to kind of get everyone's opinion to, on the trade market because it's a, it's a conversation that out of all the the content that's out there these days, which is a ton of really good content, I don't really see a lot of trade talk. I really don't. I see a lot of everything else, but not really any advice to the newer players on how to trade. So. Yeah, and I, I think
2: not taking things personal is is a big part of it too. Realize yes. it is a game that we're playing. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to try and get what they want out of a trade, especially with the first offer. So mm-hmm. you know, it's one thing to come in and, and offer, you know, Michael Fulmer for Mike Trout. It's it's another to make a completely you know fair offer that you're just not going to take. That's fine. Let the person know, but don't take you know an offer personal. Don't take things that uh, are offered or, or said in the, in the heat of trade personal. And you know, that's how leagues get broken up. That's how people end up quitting leagues mid season. So just keep it
1: civil. Yeah. And you know, you might not win every trade. That's just the way it works. But at least when you walk out of that trade, know you've improved your team some way. It's just the way it's going to have to be. So absolutely.
2: If I have to, if I have to lose a trade quote unquote to win my league, so be yes. it. I'll, t- I'll take the w- the win and the money.
1: Exactly. Exactly. We take this brief break from Bench with Bubba to talk to you about Roto-Wear. It's one of the best quality shirts in the industry. When I mean industry, all the clothing industry, the fancy sports industry, because people are rocking it. They're loving it. You're seeing it in a lot of big outlets now. That No other brand can compete with Roto-Wear in terms of quality. They're premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts. They specialize with a special, special printing process. The design is part of the shirt. Literally, it is, it is dyed and bleached If you use the promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, you get 20% off your order. Again, promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S. Check their site out. Check them Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They're always giving away free shirts. And then when you go to purchase the ones you want for you, your loved ones, your friends, your family, whatever, use promo code DGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, for 20% off your order. Now back to this week's episode of Benched with Bubba. Let's talk about some players that might be on the waiver wires that could help you out right now. Um for the most part, they're pretty low-owned guys, a couple in the 60s, 70% range. But I wanted to mention Michael A. Taylor of the Washington Nationals. You know, his average might be garbage, hitting .224 right now. But the dude is hitting – he has uh, two home runs. And the more important thing, nine stolen bases. So it's not just Trey running on that that team right now. Um, if you can handle the batting, uh, batting average blunder – I think this guy is a really, really interesting pickup this week. What are you looking at with Michael Taylor? Yeah, this is a uh,
2: my co-host on the uh, Ditka Sausage and Fantasy Sports Donkey Teeth. This is one of his personal favorite players. Uh, we actually have a bet that he thinks turn or Taylor's going. Uh, I think it was twenty twenty, and I said definitely not. But you know, I, it's somebody you definitely have to go scoop up if he's still available. Last uh, fifteen days, he's hitting two seventy seven. He's got five stolen bases and two home runs that time. I, I'm with you. You got to go grab him if he's out there. I mean, he's getting the playing time. It's a high powered offense and the power speeds there. It's, it is, it's about whether you can eat the average when he just goes into his, his just awful slumps. And you have to know at some point, he's also going to hit the DL.
1: Yeah. No, doubt about it. He, he might hit the DL and you got, you know, he's getting a lot of time right now because Eaton's on the DL and Eaton will come back, but Eaton will probably find the DL again. So definitely got to go swoop up and get while you can. Uh, let's, I'm gonna jump around here just because I saw something on TV as this happened, but CJ Cron, you mentioned having to uh, drop him already and have to watch him on your bench. Well, CJ Cron just took Gill and Bundy deep as we record this for another home run. Um, he's only like 47% owned in FanTrax leagues right now. This guy has to be owned everywhere, I'd imagine. What's your take on CJ Cron? Yeah,
2: like I said earlier, I was really sad that I had to drop him. He's been, he's just been mashing the ball. He's had three homers in the last week. He's hitting, I don't know, I can't remember the the averages, but he's just crushing the ball. Um, yeah, I think if if he's out there in your league, grab him. It is a guy that's never had this kind of opportunity. He's always been the battery mate for Pujols or, you know, somebody else out out in uh, L.A. It's first time that he's getting full run out in Tampa Bay because, like we said, Tampa Bay will play anybody that can sign for cheap. And uh, I think he's he's starting to kind of get, get in a groove here. I'm not sure that I'm looking at him as a long-term solution, but certainly ride the hot streak. I'm going to be trying to pick him back up through Fab this week. Um,
1: yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, I really like his power upside. There's like you said, the biggest part is because I loved him last year, especially to play best against the lefties. as always on him, but you know this is blocking you. That's never a good thing. I was I was so happy when they traded him to Tampa Bay. Going okay, at worst he's going to get everyday playing to this kid. Dude, he's got, and so far so good. He's getting comfortable in Tampa and making stuff happen. So I'd be all over grabbing him. Let's talk uh, an outfielder for the Detroit Tigers, kind of. Out of nowhere, he went, uh, had another good game today, a couple homers in the last few days. He's uh, hitting 277 with four homers and a stolen base. Leonis Martin, uh, or Martin, this year, 40% known in Fantrax leagues. Is this finally the year in like the last, we've been talking about this guy forever about busting out. Is this the year for Leonis Martin?
2: Man, I you know. It's really hard for me to say it's the year. I did like him a little bit as a, as a flyer coming the season. It was more for the, the cheap speed late in the draft, but uh, you know, it's uh it's a guy that's never really been given the full time playing. You know, he's had some injury issues, some split issues. He's hitting, he's hitting for power this year. That's, that's new. Um, I never really thought of him as a power guy. I think he's maxed out at 15 home runs in his career. You know the thirty year old breakout is is a very rare one. I know that Detroit has has a real nice batter's eye, but again, I think this is a, a Ryan Wally's hot type. If he falls into one of his slumps, or that the Tigers just stop trying, which which may happen, that is a concern with him. Is just I don't know if the run and RBI numbers will be there. But as a as a pickup, this at this point in the season, I think you could do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse. Uh, are you thinking, you know, 12 team or even deeper than that? I think 12 team is probably where you can start looking at 12 team, five outfielder,
1: um, 15 team or he needs to be on. Yeah, definitely needs to be on 15. Let's talk about another outfielder in Detroit. Uh, I guess when you're a bad team, you need a lot of random people playing good once in a while. Because their offense was on fire in the last like 10 days. It's been crazy. But Jacoby Jones, he's uh, 25 years old, going to be 26 soon. He's one of their kind of mediocre prospects that everyone was kind of high on last year. He got hit in the face with a baseball. That really derailed things um, in the face. And he's come out playing pretty good just since he has got called up and getting playing time, hitting 275, two homers. And the big thing, I like three stolen bases. He's throwing a power-speed combo. It is striking out uh, quite a bit. But overall, pretty good to start the year. Is this a guy you'd be looking to uh, – to kind of a more long-term or another play while it's hot? Uh,
2: this one, I, I believe less in, in Jacoby Jones than I do Leonis Martin. I, I just don't think the guy can hit long-term. I know he's hitting 280 right now, but that's with a uh, 340 BABIP. And, uh, I mean, he, he is taking a few walks this year, which is is kind of a, a random thing for him. He's had it a couple times in A, but other than that, we haven't really seen the walks from him, at least not in the majors. Yeah, I, I don't think the average is going to hold up. the The speed is something that, he, that can play up there for him. I think he can probably get you 15 stolen bases. Um, but no, I, this is a this is a very temporary solution for me. If it, if you if you just need a guy for for now.
1: No, yeah, that's a good call. There get the a little speed, a little power while you can. He's also a guy you can easily drop when need be. So that's not a bad idea. Get him cheap too. Let's talk about a, a pitcher, a lefty from. These Seattle Mariners came over to Seattle from the Cardinals last year in a trade. Marco Gonzalez and you know his first start of the year, not good, not good at all. But his last couple looked pretty good, especially his last one a couple days ago, pitching really well. Uh, his ERA is still four three seven. We look at his FIP at two six one, his xFIPs two four two, with a K per nine at ten point seven two. This guy is um, only twenty seven percent owned in FanTrax leagues. I'm thinking, you know, I was hesitant at first, but he's showing me something here. What about you?
2: I don't, I don't know that I'm going to be buying into this one. It's, it's a guy who's kind of a soft tosser. I mean, I think it, it, he sits kind of at the 89, 90 mile an hour fastball. The K's have randomly spiked this season. It's something we really haven't seen from him, really ever in his career. I know he had some, some hype early on as a Cardinals prospect, as most, you know, Cardinals prospects get at some point. But it just really hasn't looked right for the last, I mean, really for a while now. It is Seattle. It's the right park for, you know, somebody to to take a shot on. But it, it's probably an, an ale only or, you know, just kind of pumping starts out there guy for me.
1: Okay. Uh, let's talk about another guy, you, you know, kind of highly heralded at one time. Does have some arm issues. and. One thing he definitely has is control issues. Guys, Vinny with the Phillies, start especially his last few starts, he's got the strikeouts working, but uh, still kind of has that hiccup from time to time. Is this a guy you're looking at maybe taking a shot on?
2: I think I would take a shot on him if he's out there. I mean, he's I think he's a little high, more highly owned than some of the other guys we, we've talked about. Um, but I've never been a big VV fan. You mentioned the control problems; it's just always plagued him. It either ends up in him, you know, getting himself in trouble with the walks, or he just gets behind in the count and serves up a meatball, and that's kind of where those those bad outings come from. Because he has the stuff, you know. It's not that, you know, he's getting hit around because he's a, you know, he's just tossing meatballs at like 89 miles an hour up there. It's just that he gets behind and just. There's nothing else you can do, so it's somebody that you kind of have to play the matchups with. Uh, I wouldn't throw him out there against some of the more patient teams in the league, but against the you know younger teams like the Braves in that division and some of the the more free swinging clubs, I think he's a he's definitely somebody that you can throw out there as a as a spot starter
1: and okay, probably some a spot starter worth rostering. Nice little streaming option there um daniel mingdon of the oakland A's, interesting guy to talk about i just saw kendall graveman just got sent down to triple a already so they're already making moves but mingdon after you know a rough you know start to the season he's pitched really well since then in five starts with a 386 era it's weird his fips 282 but his xFIPs fips 360 so almost more in line with his era not a big strikeout guy that is very concerning to me when i'm thinking fantasy baseball what's your thoughts on Mengden? Because I know there was some, you know, bigger quote unquote fantasy experts that liked him coming into the year.
2: Yeah. The K's are a problem and I don't know what really happened there. Cause all through the minors, he was a high K guy. I don't know if it, cause he has, he has a good bit of deception in his delivery. So I don't know if it's just kind of deception playing up in the minors against, you know, inferior competition. But I think he's uh, you know, he's kind of your, your average starter. Um, you know 80 great stash no no doubt about that um game but uh, as far as actually running him out there as a starter again i think you're kind of just going to stream him in the right matchups two start weeks um when he when he's at home because you know obviously oakland's a great place to to pitch in but you're not going to really get the k's um i don't think he's he's the type that really is efficient and gets through a lot of innings i know he had the one outing of eight innings. But I think other than that, he typically is kind of a, a five inning, you know, maybe gets into the six, but doesn't finish it type. So I don't know that the innings are going to be there to make up for the lack
1: of, of case per, per inning. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's talk. Of, I don't know why fan has freaking videos going this. Come on, sport, get your shit together. <laughs> um, so, Next guy I want to talk about is Trevor Richards of the Miami Marlins. This guy, he's shown really, really good stuff his last few starts. It doesn't go deep, four and two-thirds versus the Dodgers, three and two-thirds at Milwaukee. He has one start of seven. Other than that, he's basically a four-inning guy. He's got the big strikeout stuff so far. So what's your thoughts on Trevor Richards, 7% own. Is this a guy you could see maybe getting something going or is this just not going to be enough for you?
2: You know it's going to be hard as a as a guy who's not getting deep in the games, and I don't I I don't know if that's the the Marlins holding him back. Um, I don't think his pitch counts have actually been um, extremely high, so you know I I don't know if it's them kind of just not wanting him to get into the third time through the lineup or or what they're doing there. But with the Marlins, obviously it's going to be tough to get wins, especially not going deep in the games. Uh, You're right that the K's have been there. I think this is kind of a guy that you're you're gonna have to balance whether you want to run ri- run him out there or whether you want to run like a, a long reliever. Um, I think that's kind of the option that you're looking at when uh, when you're looking at Trevor Richards. Certainly a guy to own in NL, NL only. Most starters are, and and he has uh, he has the upside of of somebody that uh, you know you normally don't get in an NL only. You don't get a shot at somebody like him.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. That last, uh, starting LA really stood out to me. I'm like, huh, this might actually be something here. Yeah. So 10 K's. Keep an eye and, on. What? Like four and four and
2: a third or four and
1: two thirds. Exactly. Not too bad. Well, oh, right. That's all I got for us. Do you have any other players or anything else you want to talk about? I got all night.
2: Um, you know, I, it's not sexy at all, but I, I Trevor Cahill is out there in a number of leagues. Um, 35% owned. I think uh, he had a three, six, nine ERA last year with the Padres actually had a 10.6 K per nine, 27.4 K percentage with them. So it's somebody that I think is worth speculating on that could be out there and just kind of forgotten in a lot of leagues. Um, I think that there's an opportunity in Philadelphia for some closer turnover. So I don't mind grabbing either Tommy Hunter, Pat Neshek or some of the other guys there um aj mentor got in yesterday and finally got a save if he's out there in your league he's owning most of my leagues just because the guy has just nasty stuff and provides you elite ratios outside of it but if he gets the closers gig you be we could be looking at kind of a top five closer uh there in, in atlanta and uh yeah. i think other than that the uh, you know, maybe Joe Jimenez. I'm just going to keep going with the closers, I guess. That's, yeah. that's kind of what you look well, at on the waiver wire weekly point. Yeah. That's um, the weekly
1: deal.
2: I don't know that Jose Bautista has a lot to offer anymore, but it sounds like he's going to get yeah. some playing time in Atlanta. If you're absolutely desperate for power, he can still hit the ball hard. It just just doesn't hit very often. Um, and uh, Aaron there might have been dropped in a few leagues. He's starting to get it together. And if, if he got dropped in your league, I, I think the talent is there to, to be kind of a
1: 15-15 type. Yeah, I've always been a big out there fan. It's just frustrating how, you know, when they moved uh, Hoskins to the outfield, I knew it already. was affect him and Nick Williams not getting any time. It's really pretty crappy there. But, uh, yeah, you hit on a lot of good ones there. I love the Trevor Cahill call. We grabbed him in a couple of weeks already. Uh, and then it's closer carousel time. You know, St. Louis – still kind of up in the air. There's some weird things happening. uh, Milwaukee's Jeffers even got some action the other night. It's all over the place with these teams. Cam Rosary got a save that night in LA. Like my goodness. It's crazy.
2: Crazy. Um, Let me ask you one thing uh, before we get going. Uh, What do you think about Kenley? Are you grabbing Josh Fields up? I mean, there's, there's something wrong there with Kenley. I don't know if it's just mechanical or if he's hurt, but are, are you, what are you doing there?
1: I'm saying some T's and P's and praying it's just uh, mechanical because I never go cl- closer early. And in the TGFBI, I took him in the fifth round. And of course, the year I do that, this happens. So I'm crossing my fingers, but I'm scared. I just don't have the roster spot on that team. But yes, if you have the spot, I'd go Josh Fields. But then I've already heard from some people; they don't think uh, he's the answer.
2: Yeah, I mean it could be bias there. Um, I know that. Singrani has, has closed a few games before in his life, but they don't have a, an abundance of lefties in the pen. So, I mean, I th- I think it's probably either either Bias or Fields if if somebody gets a, a shot. But I'm I'm with you that I hope Kinley is, is fine. I mean, just watching him pitch when he's on is is a thing of beauty.
1: Yeah, it reminds you of the days when we got to see Mariano Rivera just throw complete filth and it's like automatic. You don't get to see that much anymore, which is a shame. But uh, yeah, it's his baseball. But all right, Brian, this was really good stuff. Uh, everybody, check him out on Twitter at Ditka Sausage Pod. His podcast, obviously, Ditka Sausage and Fantasy Sports Podcast, part of the Lenny Melnick Fantasy Sports Network. And what are you doing over at Razzball these days?
2: I'm writing over there. I'm writing about one article a week. I'm, I'm actually in a bit of a writer's block right now, and not that I, uh, I don't, I'm not stuck writing. I just don't know what to write about. I have like eight topics and they're all just kind of sent me down different rabbit holes. So I'm just trying to figure out what I'm writing about this week, but I will get something out there by,
1: by this weekend. Awesome. Great to hear. Great to hear. So yeah, everybody check them on Twitter at Ditka sausage pod and, and they, their podcast him um, and donkey T's been on the show before they, they do really, really funny good stuff over there. A lot of knowledge, as you can tell. So go check them out and Brandon, thanks for joining me, man.
2: Hey, it's been a blast. Uh, happy to come on whenever. And, uh, you know, I'll talk to you later. Good luck in your uh, TGFBI and, and all your other leagues.
1: You as well. You as well. Everybody, this is Benjamin Bubba, episode 90. Catch you guys later.